This week's episode of Talking Simpsons is brought to you by you. That's right, we're on Patreon now, so head on over to patreon.com slash talking simpsons. For as little as $5 a month, you can help our show and get all kinds of great extra content on top of that. We've got a ton of great bonus content waiting for you right now, so head on over to patreon.com slash talking simpsons today. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody, welcome to Talking Simpsons, where we're paralyzed with rage and island rhythms. I'm your host, Pin Monkey Bob Mackey, and this is the Laser Time Podcast Network's chronological exploration of The Simpsons. Who else is here with me today? I'm Henry Gilbert, and I'm not that fancy quilted kind. Oh, who else? Nappy Time Chris Antista. And special guest. And I'm Starfish Poacher Cat Bailey. Cat <laughs> will pay for her crimes one day. And today it seems like a gay slur. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. It kind of does. It really does. I wonder if it was meant like that originally. All right. Today's episode is And Maggie Makes Three. We're doomed. Doomed, I told you. <laughs> Which aired on January 22nd, 1995. And as always, Chris will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. <gasps> Damn, Bobby, the San Francisco 49ers have won the 29th Super Bowl. Forrest Gump takes home the Golden Globe, and Pearl Jam's Vitalogy spins the black circle all the way up the popular rock charts. Oh, mm. man, we're in Forrest Gump mania now. Yeah, Here we go. It should be called Forrest Gump Award season. <laughs> ruins everything. Uh, the Pulp Fiction deserved it so much more. It's, it's, it's aged so much better, too. Oh, and its soundtrack yes. is better, too. I, I, it, well, those pulp- damn stonecutters love Forrest Gump. That's true. I say outside of its comical taste on male rape Pulp Fiction is a great movie <laughs> isn't it funny yes. if a man got raped that is just well mwah. yes it's kind of jokey but it also it scars him for life true like it, true but it, it is played for humor yes that's I, I'm putting on the line yeah here. <laughs> it's it's more of a joke than not a joke but the the 49ers is that their last Super Bowl ever it was in fact their last Super Bowl God, up until now number five was Steve Young and they destroyed the poor San Diego Chargers but so that makes it 22 years since Oh, those poor 49ers. I feel so bad for them as a Minnesota Vikings fan. I heard about the 49ers a lot growing up because some rich idiot from a neighboring town owned them uh, in the 90s. Eddie, Eddie DeBartolo. DeBartolo, yeah, yeah. A lot of buildings are named DeBartolo in uh, Youngstown, Ohio. No so. kidding. Yep. So some dipshit Ohio guy can just go buy San Francisco yeah. sports team? I yeah. mean, a dipshit it's used a car bullshit. owner from San Antonio bought the Minnesota Vikings. No. The, the, yes. Most of the people who own sports teams are dipshit That's rich disrespectful guys. to our California <laughs> Flag, and I won't hear of it. <laughs> Gotta be from here. I, isn't it the Packers are the only ones not owned by? Yeah, well, um, I mean, owned by the people. Look, I know you're a Packers. Packers. Hater, but it's quote unquote owned by the community. Come at me, Packers lovers. Packs. Uh, well, you're in a bad sports mood because uh, your baseball team. Yeah, uh, live. They're on the rise. Minnesota right. Twins. I, I just. I was. Uh, my girlfriend's from Wisconsin. Went into a Packers store. The Packers store had a. Like another room that was all anti-Vikings. Ha! Just an anti-Vikings room. So it's all yellow green, then total purple. Fuck Brett Favre. I hate him now. 
yeah. they say they don't care about us. Well, who do the Packers hate more, the Vikings or the, the Bears? Well, Themselves. they'll say that they hate the Bears, but they really loathe the Vikings. This they say, too much we respect talk. the Bears, we hate the Vikings. That's how it goes. I see. But Kat has a Vikings agenda, so why should we listen to her? <laughs> That's true. The only sport we'll talk about from henceforth is bowling. Yes. <laughs> well, hey, we have Kat on here, and this is also an important episode for women. That's right. That mm. This is the first episode written by Jennifer Crittenden, who is the first, shockingly, in a bad way, the first woman staff writer in Simpsons history. Yes. I mean, it's so hard to break into organizations like that, because these mm. dudes all know each other, they're in this world, and then they, they hire their friends. Yeah. I mean, that's how it goes in the video game industry too but she was 23 when she was hired yep no uh, previous, by Dave Merkin. That's incredible. Yeah, no previous writing credits. She interned for Late Night with David Letterman, and she was part of a beginner's writing program at Fox, and David Merkin read one of her spec scripts and hired her. I think it helped that she was an attractive young woman, and David <laughs> Merkin is David Merkin. When, whenever yeah. I see a picture of the Simpsons writing room, I'm like... It looks like it fucking stinks in there. Yeah, a lot Put of two more women in there next to your cheese balls and Coca Colas. Well, uh, <laughs> not to not to just uh, promote our uh, Patreon, but in our more recent interview with Bill Oakley, he gave us some insight in this one that they had gotten out of that disgusting writers room for seasons five and six. The writers room just became David Merkin's big office. Yeah. I say that because of how this fucking studio smells and how my I can hear I can hear my pants by how bad they smell right now. And the Bill Oakley absolutely agreed that it was a boys club that the simpsons was a boys club he didn't he didn't comment on how it was made to be a boys club more women joined the staff during he and weinstein's time running the show as well carolyn omine and i believe another rachel polita rachel polita yes just talking about this with my girlfriend last night because that funny woman on twitter i forget her name but you def- yeah she just got hired as a simpsons staff writer. oh i didn't know she's on the simpsons yep. now. yeah she's been of, on book like night. yesterday's of this she's recording. hilarious but this recently was a revelation because because before Jennifer Crittenden, there had been two women who had written for the show, but in a freelance capacity. Nell Scoville, who wrote Blow, the Blowfish episode, mm-hmm. and Mimi Pond, who wrote the first episode that ever aired, Simpsons Roasting on an Open, open Fire. Never heard of it. And Mimi Pond called herself the turd in the punch bowl for having to share this information, but that she said she was friends with Matt Groening, and that's how she got the job, but she didn't get to Conversion! be a, She didn't ah! get to be a staff writer. Forced diversity! <laughs> she didn't get to be a staff writer because now, now I have a memo here. Sam I'm speaking on behalf Simon, of the 5% of dipshits in our audience right now. <laughs> she she says that Sam Simon had been going through a nasty divorce and he said, I want no women in my office. Mm. And so he chose to not hire any women. And I think it's really telling that Nell Scoville, friends with Jean and Reese, they liked her, but they couldn't get her on staff on The Simpsons, but she was on staff on their show for The Critics. Mm. So it's unfair that we can't hear Sam Simon's side to this story because he's dead, yes. but it's how, how somehow how somehow getting divorced makes you swear off pussy. I did not know <laughs> well, that was the case. I mean, it's just Simpsons is hardly alone in having no women on its writing staff. That's the most comedy shows. That's true. So, and with Jennifer so. Crittenden, as usual, if you're a woman and you're trying to break into this kind of like oh, a more male dominated field, like I broke into gaming, you have to A, be talented and B, be pretty lucky mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. hope that you get your shot and then you grab it. You grab onto it because yeah. as usual, people, not everybody is like that, but a lot of people just naturally hire their friends and they mm-hmm. have to stop and think, hmm. 
you know, uh, there are a lot, everybody here has the same perspective and the same thoughts. Maybe we should expand our radius a little bit. Mm-hmm. So. But some people who don't want to hear those other yeah. thoughts would not hire Maybe hiring people. my yeah. best friend means I'm just doubling up on the same kind of shit I would pitch and write. <laughs> but yes. she uh, she wrote Maggie Makes Three, and in my opinion, this is a great episode. The first episode with Maggie's name in the title. Every other member That's of true. the Simpsons family yeah. has had an episode of their name in the it title. It makes me sad that Maggie is so criminally un- underutilized because she can be an amazing comedic character She's, because there's so much physical comedy involved in what she does. Yeah. She I mean, just a, the fact that she doesn't talk. She yeah. was a star of the shorts. Yeah, like the, the shorts love short. her. All the all the Tracy Ullman shorts love oh, her. Oh, sorry, but the and, and the, the Oscar one short. too. Yeah, but, it's really good. Well, because she's good for a three minute gag and a bunch of physical stuff as the unkillable baby. Basically, <laughs> what's her thing? Uh, just to finish on Jennifer Crittenden, she went on to success after success. Oh this. yeah, she would leave The Simpsons to write for the last two seasons of Seinfeld. She Dang, was the co-writer of the last second to last episode of Seinfeld which uh, doesn't get aired all that much the Puerto, the Puerto Rican, Rican one yes yeah <laughs> But she wrote other great episodes, too. She then would go on to Everybody Loves Raymond, and then would work as a consulting producer on all of season two of Arrested Development, and also now is a co-executive producer on Veep. I think we're forgetting about the new adventures of old Christine, Henry. that's true. I bet that show's actually all right. I'm sure it's fine. It it runs in syndication still. There's like 100 episodes of it. I don't think there are, but the the show does that well in syndication. I looked it up. There's like 70-something. It's a lot. It's a lot more than you would expect from a show no one remembers. So this is the first... First episode written by a woman. Uh, a s- female staff writer. Two credited. women had written before it. But credit is like the sole credited writer for the mm, episode. Yeah. So if we're using 2017 Rick and Morty logic, she ruined the show? She did ruin the show. She ruined the episode. Being on here, she made every and character using Rick and Morty logic, in. this being one of the best episodes, this is somehow ruined once I find out a woman wrote it. <laughs> it's true. You shouldn't look at those credits. You should just assume a man did it the right way. I am I am just doing our best to appeal to the 5% of horrible people listening well, right now. I'm really <laughs> glad the creator, one of the co-creators Rick and Morty came out and said and called them out and really had his uh, writers back. That was Mm -hmm. really cool. Yeah, people on the internet, you're awful. (laughs) Shocking. (laughs) Well, when the internet is dominated by teenage boys, turns out that they're awful. Sorry, teenage boys. Except if you give us money, then you're cool. Thank you, teenage boys. Then I'll let it slide. (laughs) (laughs) I had been waiting for this episode as a kid for the longest time because they had done every flashback but not talked about Maggie. And it was just, it was a card they hadn't played yet. It's true. They finally played it. I was like, wow, yeah. But this flashback is the first flashback to flashback to a year in which the Simpsons TV show already yeah. existed, 1993. It doesn't even take any liberties with like things that were happening at the time. No, Homer rem- Homer mentions two things, but there are no strictly 93 references. Yeah, it's like you, you could have gone out of your way to mention like dances Dr. with Dr. Hibbert's haircut. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dr. Hibbert's yeah. haircut is That's all you like, have to yeah, date the episode. One of three or four nine, early 90 references. Well, it doesn't help that the show was on when they were doing it so mm-hmm. when homer says homer's two references are to crystal pepsi and to the internet in homer goes to college it's nerds on the internet mm-hmm. talking about star trek yeah. and in a uh, marge on the run lamb Lamb. Marge on the Lamb. He is. Uh, he drinks crystal beverage. So mm-hmm. he. Yeah. They already did those jokes. That's they can't do those. Really jokes. clever. They reference themselves. Well, the funny thing is, is that I mean, this episode obviously was made in 1995, mm-hmm. and I don't know about you guys, but when I when I was living at, at that time, I was like. Man, the '90s. I mean, you're in it, mm-hmm. so you assume that I was like, you you can't see the crazy, you, yeah, you can't yeah. see mm-hmm. the stuff that's going to become dated, right? Mm-hmm. You can't yeah. see the things that people are going to remember. 
So it's hard to make jokes about something that happened two years ago. Mm. Like sitting here making jokes about 2015, you, you go, what the heck happened in 2015? Mm. At some point, stuff rises out of that decade, and then you can start making easier jokes about it. But in the moment, mm. I, I think that was kind of hard. So, yeah. But it was also kind of funny that it was like, let us have this amazing, nostalgic moment for <laughs> two years ago. <laughs> well, they did it on... Bojack Horseman, they did a yeah. flashback to 2007. And, and they then I was nailed like, it. They that nailed was an it. amazing episode. But I still was like, oh, I guess that was what makes 2007 different from now. In uh-huh. my mind, it was all the same year. Just wait until 2020. 2000s, nostalgia will be in vogue, even though it was a terrible, yeah. terrible Pre- decade. That's when Hugh Downs comes back to life. Pre-smartphones <laughs> and pre-streaming changed my life. That yeah. oh, those yeah. two things changed my entire life, and everything that happened before that seems really weird. Uh, but I, the only other thing I'll say: smartphones changed everything. Yeah, and, and as I read my notes off, of <laughs> yeah. And I, I wanted to see this episode. I was very excited to find that it existed. Three years after the fact, I got it. I learned about this episode's existence in the Simpsons episode guide. I wanted to see if you guys or anybody else had yet another one of those experiences of this did not air ever in syndication. I, I missed saw it, it on first syndication run. all the time, but I like not it. in 1997 or 98. Oh. I think all of these, uh, you know, didn't see it in a syndication thing. It was all up to the whims of the market and the individual mm-hmm. purchaser of those episodes. Maybe they thought this was not something they would want to show people. I don't know what the packages looked and like. I don't know if you could maybe opt they didn't out like of episodes. Homer sperm and yeah. Yeah. some programmer. And I'm segueing in a no internet world. I didn't know this episode existed. Wow. I read about it in an episode guide in the Simpsons episode guide, the first edition. Mm-hmm. And I would and I every day I walked. Okay, they played the episode Homer the Great, and then boom, right into Bart's comment. They never played it. They intentionally uh, see, never showed it. For me, this one showed all the time, mm-hmm. but they never showed the episode where Grandpa's dating Martha's Mrs. Bouvier. Yeah, that was a rare one in my market too. Old yeah. money. I only know that because for the longest time, that was the one we didn't have on tape, or we didn't have the first act on tape, so I had to re-record it. It took forever for. It to I can re-air. give you some help because I read over this page in the episode guide over and over again because the only thing I had to know that it existed. And on every single Simpsons episode guide, they have like a profile of somebody or something in the episode. And and this being what the middle to the end of the sixth season, mm-hmm. the only thing they could profile in this episode was Nightboat. So Nightboat <laughs> took the sidebar, it's the crime-solving boat. Uh, <laughs> I will also give credit to Critton, and this is a Jeff Martinless episode. Who he had done the previous two flashbacks. He did Bart's birth. He, he was a writer for Bart's birth, and he was a writer for Lisa's so birth. That's I married Marge and Lisa's first word. But he was gone from the show at this point. But this follows a lot of that template in that it is the family on a couch telling a story to the kids about one of the births. It is giving a flashback with time cues, though they don't mention Joe Piscopo, which is a loss <laughs> there. And that it has a sweet ending, too. That's that's the other hallmark. So, uh, Jennifer Critton and the rest of the team on season six who were not there for those previous flashback episodes, they really captured what made those really special, I'd say. Uh, but yes, you mentioned him. Let's start off with quite a great opening. We now return to Nightboat. The crime-solving boat. Master Nightbug, you got to catch those starfish poachers. You don't have to yell, Michael. I'm all around you. <laughs> oh, no, they're headed for land. We'll never catch them now. Incorrect. Look, a canal. Oh, Nightboat, go! Oh, every week there's a canal. Or an inlet. Or a fjord. Wait! <laughs> I will not hear another word against the boat. Okay, TV off. It's family time. Oh, but Marge, night boat! The crime-solving boat! 
So that's Hank Azaria doing his William Daniels voice yeah. for Nightboat. We heard him in Itchy and Scratchy Land. There's no need to murmur, ma'am. <laughs> You're right. Same, same voice. You, you kids might know him as Mr. Feeny. By kids, I mean 30-year-olds because mm-hmm. I hated that show as a kid. Me too. Knight Rider parodies were a little hack at this point. But, but yeah. I think it had turned back around to be 80s nostalgic. It had just started to become nostalgic mm-hmm. for Knight Rider. It had been off yeah. the air probably for at least five Since years. 86. Oh, wow. I feel like it was in syndication because it was, it was on the... It was on in my house all the damn yeah. time because my dad watched it. And every it. time I watch it, I'm like, this is way more boring than I think it the should be. The coolest part is the opening song, yeah, and then and it's like, all downhill. David Hasselhoff walking in a desert. Like, well, that's most of the show. Night Rider was invented with the idea of leading men can't act, so therefore they're just going to be playing second fiddle to a cool yeah. thing. Yeah. In this case, a cool car. And we also, at some point, should get a sound effect or some kind of notation when The Simpsons accidentally predict something. <laughs> I, I, I kind of hate those clickbait articles and things Simpsons invented because you're going to stumble upon some things that happen in 30 years of comedy. Things that Simpsons invented. Donald Trump. Donald Trump being I president. I wrote one of those uh, articles, by the way, to make I, fun I of the bad articles. That was oh, very good. Okay. Thank, you. Thank God. I thought it was, it was insulted a good one. Yeah. Thanks for compliments over here. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but uh, we just on 30 2010 discovered the series Team Knight Rider of 1997. There's you, a oh, team one? Like, team. Team. So in, oh. it, and it's all, it should be called Ford Presents Team Knight Rider <laughs> because <laughs> it's a team of people, not just one, with all different vehicles. And I could. I went through every single episode. I didn't see a boat, but they have planes and motorcycles. I'm sure there is a Team Knight Rider boat boat episode. I'm positive, and I've refused to do any more research on it. There better be a tiny Mr. Feeney in every vehicle. I remember when they thought they could reboot Knight Rider in Mm. the modern day. They got one They tried it multiple times. There was Knight Rider 2000 as well, which was set in the year 2000, and they had the heads-up display on the the windshield and everything, and going, whoa, that's amazing. It's all in, like, Jinko jeans font. Let's not forget the uh, Hulk Hogan vehicle, Thunder in Paradise. (laughs) He had his own night boat in that show that's true and uh the kids complaints they they i think they taught me a lot about media criticism of just Mm. they're saying like there's always an inlet like that is being john they're very genre savvy aren't they yes totally that if you're going to create a show about a boat then the boat has to get everywhere so you just have to go like oh no look there's an inlet we can get there it's something i'm noticing more and more that why do you think kids are abandoning traditional media for youtube because television's always geared toward the dad in the house yeah it's it's sometimes boring as shit and now kids have their own dang smartphones they can watch whatever they want they don't have to let the dad pick the channel i do like the kind of sweet setup of family time like though i think did you guys ever have family experience tried i feel like every once in a while my parents tried to be like no we're gonna we're gonna eat dinner together we're Mm -hmm. not gonna watch tv actually they did make us do that every night whenever we did that like it would last for about a week and then we like no none of us like but the rest like mom we're all gonna play a board game together and she should have just had marge's voice ew mom gross (laughs) we loved each other but we gave each other space so we never ate dinner at a table it was like i'm gonna watch tv in my room and eat dinner bye mom thanks for cooking this the worst thing was i would be sitting in my room playing a game or something Mm -hmm. and then i would hear from the downstairs Cat, come down here. We're having family time. I'd be like, no. <laughs> and family time was always, we're going to sit down on the couch and we're going to watch something that I don't care about. Mm. I do not want to watch, but I am in the same room as everybody. And we're not going to talk. We're just going to watch the TV. And in hindsight, that's really dark. <laughs> Let's not reveal anything about ourselves. It would be more fun to play a board game together. Though every time I we mean, had, played board games, sometimes when, when we would have board game nights, we played it Monopoly. Just, it was horrible. It would get too mean. We'd always be like, "Hey, 
you no sell me that you're mean <laughs> or especially the biggest what problem, did you guys fight over well it would often be my mom choosing a side between me or my brother in a game like monopoly or risk uh, all just politics like, just like no mom team up with me in my countries <laughs> i think your brother's gonna win you hate me why are you doing <laughs> oh this? my it's god like, playing monopoly with kids would be the worst it is the worst and lasts forever i introduced just... t- my parents to ticket to ride so i feel like yeah, I've, been, yeah, I've, nice I've made their lives a little brighter though actually my mom gets in the worst mood <laughs> during scrabble because she wants uh... to win every scrabble game and anytime somebody uses a word she's like we're gonna pull up the dictionary right now and they're like well Your let's parents do it are on very the competitive phone. i see that is the only board game in history i've ever seen flipped over a loss but <laughs> it, 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 it's the only one that should be because man it looks great Every yeah, there's time. a lot of pieces. It makes a great mess. You need magnetic anti-rage scrabble for that. <laughs> <laughs> or digitally, you can't flip a board. Nope. Like can't flip words with friends. <laughs> that is, which my mom plays all the time. I think she actually met my stepdad. We'll see when Zynga goes out of business. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I think it was a very true observational thing of moms of them loving photos of their kids sleeping. Like that was uh, not in a creepy way. That's because what kids do. Either they're being annoying or they're asleep. And when they're annoying, it's hard to photograph them. But it's uh, true. And by the way, people, that's uh, those are photographs, which are like physical things. You look at pictures of people. You have to take them to a store. It's a scrapbook. The kids know because trust me, I met hung out with a bunch recently. The Polaroids are back, and it's so obnoxious. Oh, so it's a hipster thing now. Well, I mean, in the sense that Polaroids, if you want to take a nude of somebody and just keep it to yourself, but but what stops someone from taking... Well, but you take a picture of the nude Polaroid immediately with your phone, and then you have it forever. It's like a picture of your phone, but it's... You take a picture on your phone of the Polaroid. Mm. We're through the looking glass, people. (laughs) I think you just pitched Instagram. (laughs) But so you need to know that for the plot of this episode because photographs of Maggie are a limited resource. There's Mm. only one copy of them. They couldn't make multiple copies to be in the book. And and if you come from a family with multiple children, the first child tends to get the most photos taken of them. And then it drops off after that. So watching it with trying to watch it with fresh eyes like the ending's awesome because mm. you don't know because there that always happens with especially well, with three wait children. a minute it wasn't exactly expensive to print photos back in the I 90s can't, i honestly can't remember i mean like, they had one hour photo too. places like, they don't want to do I mean, yeah it was a cost too but i, I kind of wonder watching this episode i was thinking i know people on facebook who've had children years ago and almost every moment of their child's life has been documented yep. One day that child will grow up and see all of that. Every tantrum recorded, every shitty thing they did recorded. How, like, what is the privacy issue with that as as citizens yeah. of America? What I do you do with that shit? Fair privacy to is the dead, kids Bob. Of it's true. It's, like, did you see that video we just put on our Facebook? Like, for some reason, every time we play Friday the 13th, the game, an M-rated game <laughs> about an R-rated movie from 1980, a fucking five-year-old is in there screaming his head off, and it's hilarious. And we had to mull it over, like, we have to blur this kid's name out we yeah. can't yeah. be responsible for blowing up this kid's spot and putting his gamer tag he out didn't there. ask for that like, that's not yeah. what he signed up for and people on the internet are shitty so i do wonder like if parents yeah. post shitty stuff about their children that can be used as bully ammunition i yes. think in 20, later on I, I think in 2040 we're going to be seeing a lot of stand-ups do jokes about how they had no privacy their entire life because well, just, of that i mean in 10 years we're going to have a president who's probably been on social media for a good chunk of their lives yeah yeah well 10 20 years we have to wait 10 years for that i mean look at what's happening with donald trump where he says something and immediately somebody finds a tweet where he said literally the exact opposite (laughs) yes yeah it's uh boy uh but so 
Yeah, where are the pictures of Maggie? Why aren't there any pictures of Maggie? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's actually a very interesting story. Oh. It all began about two years ago before Maggie was even born. Bart, you were Lisa's age, and Lisa, you were the age Bart was several years ago. Get the camera ready. Bart, very sleepy. Listen carefully, and my words will shape images as clear as any TV show. It was a tumultuous time for our nation. The clear beverage craze gave us all a reason to live. The information superhighways showed the average person what some nerd thinks about Star Trek. And the domestication of the dog continued unabated. <laughs> that's great. Continued unabated. It, but that's great. Notice watching all these episodes back to back, every flashback episode comes with a Homer triple imp- introduction on what the mm-hmm. time period was like, which is why we do the news. Or, the yeah. we do. or yeah. Marge saying Miss Pac-Man struck a blow for women's rights. Yeah. And the kids are never on board in the first act with these yeah, flashbacks. Yeah. They're always looking for a reason to get away mm-hmm. or trying to fix the TV that broke. Because or... kids don't want to hear about their parents, like whatever their, happened with their parents before I they mean, were born. I'd be bored as shit if someone's telling me about my little sister one year ago uh-huh. sure yeah yeah i would also say like i you know remember i was being, there yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, i'm 10 i remember being yeah, i'm eight. not drinking yet i remember everything <laughs> yeah <laughs> i took whole uh barton lisa's groans as them representing the audience when they realized like oh this is a flashback yes. episode like i, I, I did see. enjoy the uh pictures of the tv it yes looks like <laughs> we have two tvs wow, see to me that two. represented one of the key things of the simpsons which is the breakdown of kind of the nuclear family because yeah. they literally are taking pictures of the freaking tv the with nipo which is next to the mirror which is a I don't know a reference to what most people do with their animals they, like treating <laughs> the TV like a pet <laughs> yeah I, oh, that's true, true. Yeah. Yeah. here's the cat <laughs> and the dog discovering the mirror <laughs> and it's again dating it it's an SD television folks it's just how it was they were that big I can't believe they updated it and kept it purple mm. <laughs> and so then Homer basically flashes to under siege I was at my workstation when suddenly... Attention, American workers. Your plant has been taken over by an all-star team of freelance terrorists. Not on my shift! Simpson 10, terrorist 8. <laughs> Homer, tell the story right. Okay. <laughs> Homer, you should see a doctor. I don't think a healthy man can make that kind of spell. <laughs> that was Hans Gruber commanding a team of freelance terrorists. Yes. Yeah, I love that they're an all-star team of terrorists. Mm. Freelance terrorists. Back when terrorists were white people in ninja outfits. Uh-huh. Yes, they were always seen as like, well, they're vaguely Eastern European. Like they, it was before the. Uh, well, also that they would be united in a hatred of America. That they, it could be an all-star team of international terrorists and. It, you're right. That was a Hans Gruber voice, but I took Homer. Homer basically says, not on my ship, though he says shift. Shift, right. Which mm-hmm. is Under Siege, the only good Steven Seagal film that's actually good. I've like, only seen uh, Under Siege 2. Uh, it's on a train! Wait, He's... you haven't seen Under Siege 1? No, I never have. It's got like it's got a sexy Playboy Playmate scene in it. Steven uh, Seagal's now sort of Owl Man. I heard somebody perfectly say that he looks like Peter... He looks like Peter Griffin in a bad disguise. (laughs) And that George Foreman challenged him to a fight. George Foreman said, I'll box and you do whatever you want to fight right now. I I used to love his political commentary, but back when it was like, I'm going to take you to the bank, Senator. (sighs) 
<laughs> the blood bank. Yeah, I, such a good clip on YouTube. He, he's the only guy who would make a film about murdering uh, industrialists, but now he's There's just a crazy. Several person. films where he's like murdering on the side of activists. Yes, though now, as was pointed out on the great podcast Chapo Trap House, that he he's on TV saying like these these un-American people kneeling for the flag. He moved to Russia and renounced his American citizenship because he would be prosecuted for sex crimes in America. <laughs> that's, what a brave man. He's getting... a Russian citizen now. Like that's what? who, that's who's look up. Lawman Seagal. Seagal? Yes. Of it's related to that lawman thing. He, <laughs> Roman he Polanski laws. and Steven Seagal. <laughs> I like that Burns, Lenny and Carl laugh at Homer and say, it's something you don't see in actual action films of people laughing at their, yeah, the wise uh, they're uh what cool dry wits yeah, of an action one, here one-liners <laughs> and that here's the thing you need to know listeners like one you'll never be free of debt but the two don't quit your job until you have another one lined up when oh Homer, wait we didn't do that well we had another one lined up in that we had a patreon that's true that's yeah true. but it's just still is this not unfathomable do you ever see a point yeah. where you can quit your job and go work at like a fucking mute no like, homer's crazy store? to even be like oh i'm free of debt one you're never free of debt like you never would be like his yeah. mortgage wouldn't be paid off no it, it just i mean how, how do you know like maybe he did in fact pay off his mortgage he's debt free I mean, he says he is, but... He owns the house. I, but, but, this is on, on behalf cat of people who have uh, their their paychecks not written on anything and no one withholding <laughs> anything and uh-huh. no insurance. Like, I just can't imagine having enough to walk away ever. Oh, absolutely. Well, and he, he works like a blue-collar job and like a main theme of the entire show for like the first three seasons is we don't have enough money. Yes. So it's well, like... Mm, with two children? If I yeah, with it, two kids. If I make it hyper-continuity... Yes. They did buy the house using money from yeah. Grandpa selling his old house. So that could have helped with the mortgage and maybe helped paying it off. They live there for... If Lisa is now is six in this episode, they've lived in that house for six years. Boy, even with Grandpa's help, property I, I'm just imagine. now I'm depressed. At 36, Homer got to retire. But more yeah. to the and point. Well, <laughs> but more to the point, Homer is not taking into account things like medical emergencies because he wouldn't have health insurance. School working. shootings, which are not covered, pre-existing <laughs> condition. <laughs> like God. you guarantee, I guarantee that if Homer had actually been able to keep that job, they mm-hmm. would have been screwed at some point. Yeah, well, probably. I think in uh, Homer Loves Flanders, we find out he makes $5 an hour. Yeah. <laughs> a pin monkey yes. salary can't be much less than that legally. Actually, yeah. uh, as a continuity nerd, I had some problems with it, but Vox.com actually did a whole video about Homer's wage and they were like they used his bear tax paycheck yes when he shows his when he talk, complains about the bear tax and his homer tax aka the homeowner's tax you see his full paycheck so you know what he gets paid weekly which was in 1998 400 a month that a was week. 1996 henry uh, damn <laughs> i really hope somebody was fired from this podcast for that <laughs> but so they extrapolate from that but they also say well he had all these other jobs my rejoinder to that when they try to predict how much money homer has they forget that they got bushels of free diamonds from an evil ape uh, ah, researcher yeah. when they went to africa what, season 10 i think as uh, season 12 whoa okay ah, no wonder boom, oh no you. we cancel each other out <laughs> help me <laughs> sorry it is hard not to identify though with homer 
quitting a horrible job for his dream job because yes. that is what uh, we did too. Like yes, we, uh, I mean, me and our, Bob did it very recently. Our boss was telecommuting that day, so he couldn't play his head like a bongo. But yeah. I really wanted to. I really did, man. But yeah. we had to do it from like his living room and yes. just see him like. I don't know. Probably switch off his screen and then scream a bunch, maybe. But yes, we did burn a bridge me, on the way out, though. To me, uh, quitting your job on your own terms is a luxury because all of my other jobs and with my whatever my placement of employment literally shutting yeah, down. That, that's another problem with this episode that makes it unmodern in that. Well, it's very nineties, right? The expectation is Homer would have this job for life. You have no jobs for life nowhere now. You don't have nope. that. You are always laid off. It's yeah. a very old school concept of, mm-hmm. yep, I'm here forever. Yes, yeah. That, but moving that on. Burns can even threaten him with you'll be here forever because like, no, you won't. You won't have a job. You'll yeah, be laid off. Sell this company to someone else, move it overseas, and uh, there's no job security anywhere. A dead end job was a luxury. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, Considering so, it. The Simpsons will be right back. I have a question for you. What's almost as good as a Nightboat t-shirt? Why, it's an official Talking Simpsons t-shirt. Yes, the Talking Simpsons podcast has its own t-shirt, in case you haven't heard about it. And it's really cool. I'm wearing mine right now. It's a beautiful sky blue. Uh, it's a wonderful design based on the logo for Ion Springfield, which is very close to our hearts. And it was designed by a friend of the show, Nina Matsumoto, and she did an incredible job. How do you get your own Talking Simpsons t-shirt? You'll find it on the website Shirtsickle, Popsicle, but with a shirt in it. Or you can go to the easy address of tiny.cc slash talking shirt. That's tiny, T-I-N-Y, dot C-C, slash, talking shirt. It's $19.99, ships internationally as well. Just take a look at it for yourself. I think you really think it is cute. We talk a lot in this episode about how Bob and myself quit our jobs, but what do we quit our jobs for? Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. That is the website that helps pay for me and Bob to do this full time with Chris. What do you get for that other than just being happy and knowing that me and Bob are doing a good job? Well, you get access to a million things. You get to hear every episode of The Simpsons a week early and ad-free, meaning you won't hear me talk about this anymore. You get the first season of Talking Simpsons right there, all our season wrap-ups, as well as our bonus weekly podcast, Talking Critic, where we go through every episode of The Critic, and our monthly community podcast, where we read some of our favorite comments on the show. There's a ton of stuff, and there's even more if you give $10 a month. You can see all of it in detailed in the Patreon tiers at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. And when you sign up, you get your own RSS feed for all of the podcasts that you can plug into whatever you use for podcasts. So please, check it out for yourself, patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Hey, this is Hank Azaria. You're listening to Talking Simpsons on Laser Time. I didn't know that was a thing. 
Happy Halloween. Yes, Lizzie. Tis the season for Halloween Spooktaculars, and we have launched a brand new series. An Elm Street Nightmare. Ah! No, good scream, Liz. It's a brand new limited podcast series all about our favorite horror series. A Nightmare on Elm Street. Every week in October, talk with us about our favorite horror villain, Freddy Krueger. Here's a highlight. All out. Just the all out weirdest scene in, in like in almost all of Freddy history. We get the tongue sequence again. Oh, yeah. But coming out of Jesse, the main character, onto his girlfriend's boobs. And I do, like, I, I also, in hindsight, like, I come on, I'm a little kid in the 80s. I am watching this for nudity. I'm watching horror movies for nudity as well. They, since they got that R rating, they almost always snuck in boobs and butt. It's, there's nudity in every Friday the 13th movie. It's part of the game. There's not a lot of nudity in the Nightmare series as a series. Mm-hmm. Except in this movie, where it's just mostly dude butts. <laughs> um, there's there's a, there, there's some boobage in here, but not as lovingly shot as the asses in the shower sequence. However, this is probably the gayest sequence in the entire film, where Jesse runs away from the cabana. He doesn't want to be with the woman. He gets hot, sweaty, and feels weird, and he needs to run into the bedroom of his friend, uh-huh. and his frenemy, who they fight a little. They do push-ups together. Kiss they pull each other's pants yeah. down. He wakes him up as he's shirtless in bed. They're both incredibly sweaty. And this this is what counted for 80 subtext, I suppose. There's something inside of me. And last night it made me go to my sister's room. And tonight with Lisa on the cabana, it started to happen again. I think you are seriously losing it, bro. I'm scared, Grady. Something is trying to get inside my body. Yeah, and she's female and she's waiting for you in the cabana. And you want to sleep with me. Look, I don't care if you believe me or not. Hey, I believe you. Sleep no. with me, bro. <laughs> yeah. Just sleep with me. Pull your pants down, bro. <laughs> don't even put a shirt on. Just sleep together. Listen to an Elm Street Nightmare. Every Tuesday. At ElmStreetNightmare.com. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Homer's obsession with Dick Clark never really comes back. Either. Yes, it was uh, Dick Clark on Carson, Dick Clark's birthday, and stalking Dick Clark. Yes. So he is he's still stalker. Stalk. Well, he is previously a stalker. This is two years ago. Oh, uh, right. Uh, this is before Chef Boyardee and Charles Kuraltz. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yes, when Bob and I quit, I did imagine the telling off of Burns in this scene, which is, it's really beautiful. Did you hear me? I said I quit, Monty. And since I quit, I can do anything I want. Is that so? Ooh, lovely desk. It would be too bad if someone, oh, I don't know, didn't use a coaster! (laughs) (laughs) Such a nice, tidy office. Maybe it's time you started living like a pig! (laughs) Oh, I hope I haven't upset you. Bongo head! I should be resisting this, but I'm paralyzed with rage. And island rhythms. Yeah, where to play the boss's head like a bongo, Alba. He's getting a pretty good sound out of that guy. That's for employing me for eight years. <laughs> Oh, the burning and bridge. And literally burns a bridge, which Dave Merkin was like, yeah, I, I yeah. want this animated gag in here because you can't really do that it's in real really life. really smart. That is one of the most, my favorite 
Twitter gifts to respond to something. Mm-hmm. My yeah. pinned my pinned tweet is a gif of that from when I announced mm-hmm. that I've quit my boring day job yeah. to then start this. I, it is burning a bridge. My, AK Homer. my opinion is some bridges are shitty and worth burning and yes. probably will disintegrate under their own free will at some point. So <laughs> and, who the fuck cares? And sometimes burning that bridge builds a new bridge in front of you that you yeah. didn't realize. Well, I've never found that to be the case. I've, I, well, <laughs> I, I don't like to burn bridges personally because I feel like you never know when a good relationship is going to come in handy and uh, we see that with Homer Those he will relations, regret this he, yes. he will all regret this you never know when you're going to regret that I'm sorry but you're complicit in our bridge burning with our former company so this is true yes, yes you're an accessory <laughs> to this uh, you got me Bob yeah well, you'll get there Good soon. luck working there. Someday you realize all your dreams are doomed. <laughs> uh, well, still working on it. I'm still going strong. Way to go, cat. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, uh, I also saw, you know, you see Lenny and Carl again getting a bunch of screen time because they are now regulars on the show. Mm-hmm. And as they point out on the commentary, and I never really noticed it as a joke, but that Homer's plan involves quitting his job and then hoping he gets his dream job. He didn't even try to get his dream job first before quitting. Okay, I, I just want to point out, I can't believe that Marge, who, uh, to my knowledge, controls the books. Yeah would allow him to be like, yeah, no, I'm going to quit, and I have figured out everything that uh, needs to be happening. Oh, and by the way, I don't have a contingency plan if I don't get my dream job. That's true. He counts. Marge just trusts his bookmaking, which I absolutely wouldn't do with Homer. Uh, Yeah, I would not allow Homer to figure out what the budget is. I'm sorry. (laughs) Homer's budget is... What quilted toilet paper and yeah. oh, and one of you can't go to college. Uh-huh. That's it. No, I guess they didn't already have cable, but yeah. So Homer applies for his dream job. And now the final phase of my plan. Hey Barney, any chance you can give me a job here? Ah, uh, sure, Homer. I told you my uncle owns the place. Hey Uncle Al, can Homer have a job? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Bonnie, you're fired. Okay. <laughs> Show up tomorrow. Bring three rags. Oh, and uh, change your pants. Why? When it happens, you'll know. So Barney's Bolarama, where <laughs> Homer hell? works in this episode, that was a season one thing, and it burned down in Moaning Lisa. They announced on the mm. TV that like the art gallery burns down, and this museum burns down, and also the bowling alley burns down. Well, they clearly re- rebuilt it. It's true. Yes. Well, but, again, this but, is a flashback. This is before oh, Moaning Lisa. True. Yes. It was established when they were, you know, creating the show that Barney would own Barney's Bolarama, Barney which it's named yeah. after him. But I then they decided my nephew. he's too much of a drunk yeah. to run a business. So this sort of retcons that into it being his uncle Al's business that he named after his sweet nephew who he fired. But did you notice not until the last shot of the Bolarama does Barney the word Barney appear in front of Bolarama? Yeah, yeah, ever. that's true. They removed it from the logo for the rest of the scenes. In other episodes, it is back to being Barney's Bolarama. But yeah, it's always just... will be in Bard versus the Space Mutants. Yes. So I'll never be able to erase it from my mind. It's all the stupid time I spent in that level. <laughs> it's a mainstay in every old Simpsons game because they, that was the content they had available yeah. to pull from. Just like yeah. these, these locations, like Howard's Flowers, Candy Most Dandy. We didn't have enough. <laughs> didn't have enough hard drive space to make a Barney sprite. Here's your <laughs> reference. But when Barney's Bolarama exists in that world, it's like but even season one barney is not a guy who could run his own business no like, no it's impossible and al gumble comes back in the pen pals episode so well it's a great retcon of creating al gumble as the owner who kind of looks like barney and- even filthier than barney he's covered <laughs> yes, in stains true and that barney takes being fired to make room for homer very well too he does and uh so yeah then they do the budget and well, you know barney has a million jobs i mean of course he mm-hmm. does tell a big 
baby, Sonja. <laughs> and I have to say that pin monkey salary to me sounds like a minimum wage job. Yeah. And I don't oh, care so if you so. are debt free. There is no way a family of of one income earner could live in the house they live in with two children at school in the same way they had been. I'm not saying people don't do that. It's hey, I've cost seen of living in Springfield is like, amazing. Have yes. you seen it? So, it's so polluted. But uh, I can say this as a former homeowner. Isn't it? <laughs> isn't it the most? Uh, isn't it the least desirable city in America? It's true. As a former homeowner, you still have to pay the government an enormous amount of taxes on your home every yes. year. It's mildly less than what you would be paying in a shit house fucking two bedroom. But it's, that's about what it is. Even when you own your house lock, stock, and barrel with the mortgage payment. And that's why mm-hmm. if you ever win a house in a contest, take the cash prize. <laughs> Don't take the house. And Good to government. Know. I would take the, the Simpsons house in that contest. I wish, yeah. That house, I, I wish, wish it went to somebody who, who wanted it. Some old lady got it. Boo. Yeah, boo. <laughs> Uh, so then to celebrate it, they go out and have drinks. They listen to Copacabana, which is the 1978 Barry Manilow classic, which after Barry Manilow came out, I like listened to some of his music again. And I forgot Copacabana is a depressing song. It, it's about the Copa, Copacabana, but it is about a showgirl who falls in love with Tony. But Tony gets in a fight with a local mobster and Tony dies in the fight. And then the showgirl spends the rest of her life hanging at the bar at the Copacabana in, in sad like grief. And his last lines of it are like, don't fall in love wow. at the Copa. Yes, yeah. Hey, welcome out of the closet, Barry. It's, it's, it's good out here. You saw a lot of knife fights in Vegas, I guess. <laughs> I think it might have been a gun death in the I song. See. I, uh, I'm thinking of Mac the Knife. And then we get cool from here to eternity, little homage. Right. I like that Homer enjoys, Marge doesn't like sand in her underpants. Homer does like it. <laughs> and just his, I love it, the his kind of hip swivel to get the sand in different places after he puts more sand and, in And Marge is too practical to be caught up in the moment. Yes. The moment of passion, he's like, let's go home. Yeah. I mean, it's... It, She's already got some sand in her underpants. To make love on the beach would be oh, increasingly more sand in the There's in those areas. Too much friction involved. No, frankly. Ouch. no, yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> no one shower. They don't shower when they get home, though. They don't. They That's just true. kick off their clothes, mm. and seconds later, we have a baby. Did you notice that Homer and Marge are dressed basically the same as they were in Some Enchanted Evening? You're right. Marge's arms they are those, colored like, incorrectly, and her glo- are colored correctly in that it's her skin tone instead right. of orange, and her glo- her arm length gloves are orange instead of white. But it is the same costume. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I I wonder. I would doubt that was in the script i would bet that was more the writer of the, but uh, it, the animators given homer's move in the career world it makes sense that they had a dinner at crusty burger in yeah, the drive-thru totally to celebrate <laughs> and uh and so yeah the then they demonstrate sex to their children great animation i love you marge i love you too homie everything in our lives is finally perfectly balanced i hope things stay exactly like this forever mm-hmm <laughs> Homer don't, Seaman. Don't, don't. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> you have to be so graphic. It's okay, Marge. They paved the way for this kind of filth in school. 
the the cool Wish. movement Homer is doing, David Silverman animated that. No one else could do it as much as he wanted to, like show them how to do it. He was like, mm. "Let me do it. I'll do it." And he did it, it himself. It is perfect. His like wiggle, like. Ugh, it's, it's I also great. like how it's implied Homer came in seconds. It says seconds <laughs> later. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I mean, oh. That's not surprising with Homer. Yeah. With Homer, yeah. Well, and he's, I mean, maybe he's been raring to go all night, and now he's finally just popping off. But it's, I guess as a kid, I never realized, like, I didn't, I didn't, I knew what semen was in a scientific term. I mean. But I didn't realize we were, like, literally looking at Homer's cum. The Look Who's Talking movie. movies paved the way for this kind of filth. Oh, it, I get it around. Really did, yeah. Yes, every movie opens with somebody coming. <laughs> well, in previous, Even dogs! Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, pre- Mom. Uh, Look who's talking too. Starts with dog come. Now, tell your kids. In previous, now, ep- talking now. Look who's, oh yeah, now. We're sorry. never going to hear the end of it. I don't care. Oh. And previous <laughs> episodes had already established that in the world of the Simpsons, your semen is your head. Like your head is your semen. That's how it looks. But that's I, a horrifying thought. Anybody have any Photoshop out there? Yeah. <laughs> But we see Henry sperm. But we just talked about actually paving the way for that filth in school as not happening when nope. we were kids. Not like at all. I didn't actually. Cat, yeah. Did you did you have sex ed or was it abstinence oh, only? Oh, oh okay. we definitely had sex ed. Um, wow. Starting in like when I was like in fourth grade, we what? were in individual classes. The was boys got their own classes yep. and girls got their own classes. Same here. And we were learning about how the female body works mm. and the. The miracle of childbirth and everything. And as we got older, it was kind of a, well, we kind of are dancing around how sex actually works, but let mm. us explain puberty to you. Yeah. So so they never explained how sex works, though, or birth control or any of that stuff. There was a long story about Jack and Jill and how Jack really wanted to have sex with Jill. And then mm. they have sex and uh-oh. Jill suddenly misses her period and Ooh. she's not feeling so great. And oh, Jill had a kid. And now Jack has to pay child support and their oh. lives are ruined forever. Jack didn't Jack and he spilled in Jill. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, uh, the second Herb Powell episode, we do see Homer's sperm. He has a very low sperm count. And that's why he's given that award for outstanding achievement in the field of excellence. It's true. I guess, though, this was the last time his boys were really working. That's true. That is the future. So I think the radiation gradually killed his Homer's sperm. And he spent more time telling us how tight pants cause jock itch than telling us how sex worked in our sex ed classes. No, I wonder, this implies that Homer, I guess, so does she not normally take birth control? And does this, he, oh, There's Jesus. a lot of questions that uh, would not yeah. be raised by a sitcom in 1995. Mm, One yeah. of them, again, we mentioned this on, I believe it was not Lisa's first word, I Married Marge. Marge yeah. There is no talk of abortion Well, it is possible to get pregnant um, if you're taking birth true, control. True, true. Yeah. I, I think with my sperm. I, I suspect that she wasn't taking birth control because they never had sex, as we've kind of seen in previous episodes. <laughs> and they fuck pretty consistently, though. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, in but grandpa- maybe this is a special occasion, so he took the glove off. But as, as I said yeah. on that Talking Simpsons yeah. episode for I Married Marge, no sitcom would broach the subject of abortion. A child that was coming was an inevitability that you yep. had to have. It's true. Yep. Yeah, I Except mean, for that episode where Uncle Jesse had mercy and fired Les and, and Becky. <laughs> they were going to have quadruplets. I mean, oh, the, my gosh. The, the, <laughs> the closest thing we have here is is when Hibbert says 
is this an unwanted pregnancy? Which, but, I but he talks about the black market yeah. before talking yeah. about that. Was it wasn't a test. it wasn't just that he went out on the black. Like, was this in the news now or two years ago? And why did he have a specific dollar figure for the worth of a baby? Well, white, as grand. I learned from <laughs> Stranger with Candy, white babies are worth yes. more. Babies don't cost money; money. <laughs> they make money. Sorry, I, didn't, sorry, sorry, Chris. I didn't realize how taboo. <laughs> I didn't realize how taboo abortion was in the media until I watched the BoJack episode about abortion. Yeah. Where they delved into it actually pretty deeply. And, you know, Diane takes a trip to the abortion clinic. Sorry, spoiler alert. Um, And you're like going, oh, wow. Like, they really go a lot of places with this episode that even now TV shows often will not address because abortion is too hot of a topic. I don't think a network show would do that unless you're Maud. Maud, and then there's Maud. And then there's, well, even for them. And only Maud. It was a huge deal when Adrian Barbeau in that episode says abortion once. Yeah. And it's, though, it's also crazy to watch it because it was made like a year or two before Roe v. Wade. So they're just talking about how in New York York, it's legal legal. now. It was a mind fuck to me like, in my mom's lifetime, it became legal. And like, but by the way, you can obviously outlaw abortion, unlike guns. Like, you can't, you can't, what can you do? Outlaw guns? Everybody's well, going to get a gun. Even a 10 year old movie like Knocked Up, rated R, filthy. In continuity, is like, don't say abortion. And so the yeah. rest of the movie, they call it a gagortion. <laughs> because it's still too hard to say. Well, and there's just still a scene of like, no, I don't want to. Well, same in Juno. Like, Juno's it has a big scene of like, no, I guess I can't do it either. Like, couldn't, I mean, obviously, Juno would be a very different film if she just was like, okay, I'll just have an abortion. I'm not ready to have well, a kid now. I'm just going to get on my soapbox. March, get an abortion. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> you can't Maggie abortion. Really good abortion. Yes, no Maggie. Kill Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I love Maggie and everything, but it's obvious that you can't afford to give her a good life, mm-hmm. and your family is going to suffer for it. So are you going to give her a bad life, or are you going to take care of the kids you have? That's what I ask. Uh, so anyway, Homer's having a great time in his new job. I was in heaven. If horse racing is a sport of kings, then surely bowling is a very sport. good sport as well. <laughs> right, great job, Homer. Thanks a lot, Homer. Hey, you're the best. I'm gonna make it after us. So Mary Tyler Moore throwing her hat at Nick Lamal is probably the most important moment in Minnesota history. I just want to point that out. <laughs> I have read there for I have read full I have read full newspaper profiles <laughs> about that moment. Did they ever find the hats? <laughs> <laughs> they they always interview the lady who was standing behind Mary Tyler Moore, judging her and going, "What is this strange mm. lady doing with her hat?" My word, throwing That's a hat. Hats go. <laughs> <laughs> you you would forget that the show is set in Minnesota for yeah. Uh, uh, anytime they're indoors, it's, it's mostly LA set. Mm. But the uh, it, that was a reference I did get because I was watching Nick and Knight all the time, so I knew Mary Tyler Moore. But the there's also before that scene a nice tr- uh, couple of mm's of mm, urinal fresh, yeah. bowling, bowling fresh. fresh, and that though the sad thing is like this shows you this. Homer can either make a good amount of money to support his family and be miserable, or he can be poor and happy, but he can't have both. Like, he can't. That's basically capitalism, Henry. Yes, yeah. If it's a job you enjoy, then you should be paid nothing because your enjoyment is the payment. Life is suffering. Mm. Homer has hit the crossroads that I feel all adults who are lucky enough to have a job Mm -hmm. eventually hit, which is to ask yourself, all right, well, I. 
I'm kind of bored with my job and I'm not really that interested in doing it, but I have a certain lifestyle. Am I willing to just kind of accept how boring work is in exchange for being able to live my life? Or Mm. am I going to pursue something that is a little more fulfilling in my work days? Personally, I went for, I decided that I wanted to write about video games at a relatively early age and I somehow made that happen. I don't know how I managed that. And while it's a lot of hard work, I, sometimes I have to step back and go, yeah. Pretty cool. I got a pretty cool job I here. Sh- I shit on my job all the time, but I, every day, take a giant humble, this is awesome that I get to do this. And conversely, my girlfriend, it, I mean, her job is not the most exciting thing in the world. She does market research, mm-hmm. basically, and sales stuff. But when she comes home from uh, her day at work, she's done. Mm. And then she can go to a concert. It's, that is something I, I do tend to... I'll say it, masturbate over something. <laughs> the job I can walk away from at 5 o'clock. Yeah. I mean, and I've never had that job. I have not had that job like, in a decade. Yeah. But, but I did, it also reminds me, I got I did get my dream job at 20. I got a job at Suncoast Video in the mall. <laughs> the, 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 the mall DVD store. A deeper selection than Best Buy. It was mm. worthwhile. And guess what? Like Homer, fucking great at it. And guess what? Nobody cared. Nobody yeah. the company cared. Did you sell any direct TV subscriptions? That's not my fucking You're job. You're here to sell entertainment weekly, Chris, not to sell movies. Yeah. You, Bob clearly heard the story too many times. Yeah, I, I, I worked in the mall at that time. Oh, and they, yeah. yeah, because if they used a credit card, they try and you, like hoist, hoist some fucking subscriptions to magazines. They'll charge them forever. Like, that's shady as shit. But, you know, you called me on my personal time eight weeks because someone came in with a movie recommendation. I can tell you what it is. Didn't matter in the slightest to Suncoast. They nope. did not care that people would come in to like tell me a dream of a movie that. Oh yeah, that's the five stair steps. Here, it's over here. Like I, I've seen that. <laughs> Actually, my expertise mm. was punished. I worked at a software etc. Mm. with like just terrible, awful managers who hated where they were and who they were. And I remember helping a mom for like twenty minutes, recommending games, mm. walking her through systems and hardware. And I rung her up. And she's like, you know what? You did such a good job. I'm going to give you a tip. And she slides a $5 bill over to me. And the manager comes by. Off. Manager comes by and is like, he's not allowed to take tips. Oh, my God. And I'm oh. like, you have made me a communist from this day forward. Oh, I, I renounce wow. all capitalism. But, Bob, check this out to us. We still deviate from The Simpsons. <laughs> it turns out having a job where you knew a lot about movies and entertainment and you could talk about it in a store, that wasn't worth paying me for. But look at what I do now. Yeah. And- yeah. I had that I had that exact same thing at Blockbuster as well. And at AMC Theaters of like I could not get a job at Blockbuster, tried every year. <laughs> I was not valued by GameStop a, a division of Scumco. Kids. Uh, college kids always beat you out for it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. They like no, they want a cheap kid or a go getter. Like it doesn't yeah, it's uh it, that, for that five dollars they could have kept you as somebody with faith in capitalism. It, it, no but- shit. I like if this all goes tits up, I think I could be happy working at some kind of blockbuster, working at Alamo Draft House, uh, and not molesting people. I know you're yes. Chris. I have bad news about blockbuster. Why? Well, well, there's probably, probably exists in some like South American country. There are like five of them. <laughs> my my the mom and pop video store I worked at at Berkeley, which stayed alive for a very long time, finally closed two years ago. Like, even even that couldn't last. And, so oh, so the Shino Ballo joke. I do love that. The, the it's really Shino good animation. Ballo. It's really good animation of the shine on his head, and that is when I, as a viewer, noticed oh, yeah. Homer had three hairs, not two, mm. on his head. Could and qualified to lead the stone cutters. What does the thing around his ears count as? I mean, that it's is a hair. Is that is a hair? One more hair, yes. Uh, Larry well, David Halo. Holy crap! He is the ugliest man ever. <laughs> well, when they call it all but three hairs in the in stone cutters, in stone cutters that implies that the. M around his head is one hair, even though it 
can't be, but other it's, times it's been treated as a single hair, not yeah. as a drawing of some hair. I want to think it's an abstraction to suggest more hair. That's always but it's hard. But just like Matt Groening's drawing style. You cannot really explain what these features are. I mean, it exists that way because it is an M and the ear is a G. So yeah. that is why his hair is that way. Anyway, meanwhile, oh, and there's a cute little like kind of Looney Tunes homage of showing how the pins are made. Yeah, it's with... so to Raymond Scott's powerhouse. It's beautiful. And meanwhile, as Homer is enjoying life, Marge gets the bad news, and then they completely sell out Hibbert's character. Yeah. Congratulations, Mrs. Simpson. You're pregnant. Mm. If I had to take it, this is <laughs> an unwanted pregnancy. Oh, no, no, not, not exactly. It's just that I haven't told Homer yet, and with his new job, I don't know how we're going to be able to afford this. Well, you know, a healthy baby can bring upwards of $60,000. What? Well, of course, that was just a test. Uh, had you reacted differently, why, you'd be in jail right now. Simply <laughs> a test. <laughs> I mean, in... Dr. Hibbert doesn't have a character, to be honest. Well, when he first appeared, he was very serious of telling kids, like, don't imitate a death artist. Like, don't yeah. do that. But he, in the season, he had the tubes to carry away people who couldn't pay. Remember Bart uh, of Darkness? Yeah, he yeah. did that. He's also a member of the Republican Party and of the Stonecutters. Like, he's he's not a nice guy, but this is him, like... This implies he has been selling children before. <laughs> he knows who to sell babies to. This is really evil stuff. He's it's pretty dark. In. And it's I just very dark. I just looked it up. I literally Googled how much does a baby cost. You are now being tracked. And <laughs> good, good. I hope I am. Give me uh, a baby. Um, <laughs> Uh, apparently, according to a 2010 article on an art- a website called Suze Rocks, a Canadian baby could be purchased for $10,000. That's it. That's and then it. up to thirty. and a woman in Florida was arrested for trying to sell her baby for $75,000, but the buy could only get thirty. So thirty dollars k dollars mm-hmm. of t- like seven years ago's money. Man, yeah. oh, that's, that's dark. Cost of an iPhone? I don't look at, I don't look so at prices. So we skipped over the scene, but I just wanted to observe the bit where Homer was like, there was literally no way to know that Marge was oh, pregnant. Yes. Yeah. And Marge, of course, is running into the bathroom. Can I tell you, being pregnant sucks. Mm-hmm. I've not been pregnant, but I've had friends who have been pregnant. And watching their abject misery... <laughs> Yeah, it looks this pretty cuticle, horrible. Infected cuticle hurts, so I get it. <laughs> My poor friend threw up basically every day for the first three months. Now try imagining that. Well, I only thought it odd, really, Marge isn't going to ever mention that she's pregnant. Fine, Homer's very unobservant, mm. but she just never mentions it. She would know, right? Well, well I mean, she's clearly like going, oh, God, no. After what all the throwing do? up, yeah. that's then she goes to Hibbert to yeah. find out and get it confirmed. But... Yeah, that Homer wouldn't know what morning sickness is. Just he's that stupid, and that's yes. like so I, every girl I sleep, sleep with does in the morning. <laughs> uh, when I think of the when I've heard about the pain of childbirth, I remember hearing a joke on Night Court where a woman was. They had like eighteen women gave birth on on Night Court. It was yes. like a running. There was in like one where three lot. different women were having a baby at the same time on that show, including the Vietnamese bride of the uh, oh. uh, the black guy on Night Mac. Court. Mac, yeah, Mac's Vietnamese wife. Uh, but, well, because he was a Vietnam vet and he had married her and then she came to live with him. Anyway. Right, talking night court. <laughs> but the joke, the joke was, it said, have you ever tried to push a bowling ball through your nostril? That is what I'm doing right now. I didn't need sex education in school because night court taught me everything. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks to Dan Fielding. John Every Marquette, Dan Fielding baby. joke of like, oh, I guess that's where a vagina kind of is. Uh, yeah. yeah. 
pregnancy and childbirth terrify me yeah it's scary well this this is something too that we can't be in touch with this episode is that so many jokes are about homer and marge being trapped in the debt that children create and it's just like well none of us have kids we have Mm. so we have more disposable income because it's not being thrown down the kid hole like i said i have multiple friends now who have kids and i've watched I mean, from a distance, like what it is, what it has meant from to their lives and everything. Mm-hmm. And if anything, Marge and Homer are lucky because seemingly they're able to continue to sort of live their own life. Yeah. Not Marge. Poor Marge. Marge just ended her life. I mean, yeah. her life's over, but that she and she learned to live with it. But yeah, I've, I I have friends who have kids, and they seem they seem pretty happy. Oh, I love my friends' kids. But it's a yeah. it's a game changer for sure. Like mm-hmm. it totally changes how you spend your money, how you spend your time. The the whole nine yards. So I'm sure. More and I can't even imagine having three of them. Oh, oh my. Yeah. D- just and one like is like freaking killing my Never friends. heard me say this a thousand. Homer's my age. Like I yeah. have to have an, um, try and imagine having three kids, one of which is an infant. Uh-huh. Good Lord. Mm-hmm. See I, how dirty this table is? <laughs> <laughs> I, I also remember a coworker of mine. She... Uh, she got pregnant with the plan to just have one kid, and then she finds out she is having triplets. It's like, oh my god! That's like, good abortion city. Your first, <laughs> she had him. Like to, instead, it's one thing. Like your first kid will kill you. It's like no, no, no. You need to learn to deal with three kids from the start. Like, uh, well, speaking of having more kids, like the scene where Marge is telling Bart and Lisa about Maggie's coming is that i come on arrival arrival <laughs> maggie's arrival it did make me watching it as a 12 year old think oh what would happen if my parents had a third kid would i hear this speech like we we never did we stayed at the at the two of me and my brother sam I begged but, my mother for a little brother well I, yeah wait is everybody a two-person family yeah, i have one God. sibling i have an so. older sister mm-hmm all right well so none of us if you are a third uh if you have a third kid in your family let us know how especially that changed the dynamic for you a, a third, third kid or as we call it the ruiner <laughs> so i one of my friends was the second kid in a third three Ooh. person group and so you go from the baby to the middle child so what happened was that his brother was the favorite child mm-hmm. and he and his younger brother fought for scraps essentially Oof. and it was pretty sad actually and from that point on, he was the middle child forever, and it seemed to really affect everything about him, like how mm. like he saw himself, how he lived his life. Like He was extremely bitter about that whole thing. So, mm. For some reason, a bunch of my best friends were the last child of five or six, mm. and watching, I think they became our best friends because their parents did not give a fuck. We've gone through this with four other children we're not going to overthink this. No curfew. Eat whatever you want. Raise Who gives yourself, a shit? Great. Order a pizza. <laughs> Who cares? Call a cab. I don't We're care. very tired. All They all have that luxury here. Don't stay above the garage. We won't bother you. We'll build a bathroom. Just don't come in the house. <laughs> wow. read, We're old now. I've read parents' blogs that are like, the first baby, you're like, oh my God, I have to do everything right. Mm-hmm. I'm like doing everything. And by kid three, you're like, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. I've been here, done I that. I didn't fuck this up before. Which is sad, actually, because I would think that every single child should be getting 100% of your attention. 100% of your effort mm-hmm. so in that respect like uh, apologies to anybody who has multiple kids who are listening to this I personally would only have one mm. well I've, I've heard the argument that having more than one let's 
let your kid have somebody to you know fraternize with all the time instead of being like a an only child means they're not getting as much socialization that's, yeah that's well the... i would have rather had a much closer relationship with my parents my mm. my dream child situation is nightmare on elm street five <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh it is it is in two years a 15-year-old in a three-piece suit shows up on my doorstep. We're best friends, but I can still drink with him. <laughs> All good. That's that's my ideal child so scenario. So, American Psycho. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is bone. You said three-piece suit. I just thought I could think. So, Homer, though, meanwhile, is unaware of all this and is just happy, so happy he prays to God. Homie, I... Can't talk. Praying. <laughs> Dear Lord, the gods have been good to me and I am thankful. For the first time in my life, everything is absolutely perfect just the way it is. So here's the deal. You freeze everything as it is, and I won't ask for anything more. If that is okay, please give me absolutely no sign. Okay, deal. In gratitude, I present you this offering of cookies and milk. If you want me to eat them for you, give me no sign. That will be done. Asking for no sign gets you all your prayers, yeah. man. I, I do like his Almost realistic, right. his realistic, if cynical attempt at prayer. Just like mm-hmm. I know God will not answer me, of course, <laughs> so I can give myself these things. Well, I love it's that still pretty s- analogous to my relationship with God. Mm. <laughs> give well, me no sign, and I'll do nothing. Also, that he says, like, "Dear Lord, the gods have been good to me." Like, right. He's, so he's thinking. Forgot about that. He's he's a multi or he's a deist over uh, over just God. <laughs> he's thinking of. Uh, then we get to see Patty and Selma basically poisoning Maggie in the womb, which is pretty dark. There's a lot of actually. smoke in that room. That is yes. the most dated joke, the weirdly most monstrous joke ever. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Yeah, that, that Marge wouldn't tell them to put out their cigarettes. I mean, just a they're... few years later, California had banned smoking yeah. inside restaurants. But it's a child coughing in the womb. But we were, talking about, yeah. we were talking about secondhand smoke by mm-hmm. the 90s, too. So. Yeah. There's a joke about it in Fargo. I just rewatching Fargo recently. I, I love I love Fargo so much, but the the, sec, the secondhand smoke joke is just like, eh, could you could you crack a window? You know, you know, it's been shown that secondhand smoke is uh, carcin uh, uh, it's poisonous. Like it's uh, even if you're on the fence about that, there's no dispute over birth defects. And a yes. baby in the womb is coughing. I still think that's insane. It's, it is think, a pretty dark. Uh, I think it's a joke you wouldn't be able to get by censors now. Previously, yeah. I think they made baby Lisa cough too. They yeah, did. yeah, yeah. They, they yeah. blew smoke at her, and and the like the crib shakes. But but that was back in 1984 when they didn't know better. <laughs> now now they should. They they were they making the same noises at her too, right? Oh yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah. so it's almost like a callback to that. It's true. Patty and Selma love babies <sighs> uh, over the age of two. I think they kind of hate them. The older they get, the desperate to get they married and everything. So, uh, and, but then they make a promise to not tell Homer. I like this. I've got to tell Homer about this baby in just the right way and at just the right time. Until then, please keep this to yourselves. If he found out now, it would probably destroy him, huh? Oh yes. Gotta go. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait. I know that look. Now promise you won't tell Homer. Oh, we promise we won't tell Homer. Hello. Is this A. Aronson? It might interest you to know that Marge Simpson is pregnant again. Just thought you'd like to know, Mr. Zakowski. <laughs> <sighs> there. Aronson and Zakowski are the two biggest gossips in town. In an hour, everyone will know. 
Great Another twist. great joke that only works once, but I still you, respect it. It's beautiful. It's yeah. a beautiful fu joke that obviously you think they called everyone in the phone book, but it's really that in Springfield, the two biggest gossips are the first person and the last person in the phone book. And for no reason, they took a huge break in between calling them. Yes. Well, that time cut could have removed two seconds. It's just to make you think yeah. that it, it was so great. I, I love that joke so, so much. a couple notes. First, I think this is the second appearance or a second mention of Aaron Aronson because I believe he was mentioned also in... <laughs> Aaron A. Aronson Aaron A. Aronson. Bob. Arthur Applebab. And Sideshow, uh, Sideshow Bob Roberts. That's correct. That, yep. I totally He's no a gorilla, but also (laughs) in Hot Fuzz, they mention Aaron A. Aronson as a joke, and then when they save the the redheaded kid from uh, Timothy Dalton's character, the the redheaded kid is named. Aaron A. Aronson. Wow. A real Aaron Aronson, a Jewish <laughs> agronomist, botanist, and Zionist activist who was born in Romania and lived with blah, 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 but right at the top, not to be confused with Aaron A. Aronson, a fictional character in The Simpsons <laughs> episode Sideshow Bob Roberts. I assume there are several Aaron A. Aronson just by statistics alone. <laughs> Homer's resistance to learning that Marge is pregnant is also so great. It's it's obviously too ridiculous. He's too stupid, but I... It's I not stupid. Love. He's really just going out of his way not to know, That's I think. True. He's not. Uh, another perfect day in my perfect life with my perfect job. Hey, just heard the news over the squawk box. That's nice work, Homer. Thank you. Thank you very much. It is nice work. Well, Mr. Simpson, I've just heard about the little bundle of joy. Congratulations, sir. It's true. The bundle is little, but I'm not in it for the money. Hey, Homer, way to get Marge pregnant. <laughs> this is getting very abstract, but thank you. I do enjoy working at the bowling alley. I like how lecherous Mo is. Yeah, he's more, he's more, he's mainly interested in the sex part of it. That's true, but I just love that. That was the same laugh he gives with like <laughs> oh, nothing working in the bedroom. <laughs> I just love how Homer says this is getting very abstract. But the, yes. that's a smart way of saying that too. Yeah. <laughs> just, it, this entire sequence, starting from when Patty and Selma say that they are start calling people all the way up, and Homer starts ripping out his hair, is just a masterpiece of comedy. It works it, so well. Yeah. It is yes. windy as hell out there. So yeah, first we see the baby shower, and that's where Homer uh, at the baby shower. By the way, is Ruth Powers, who did not move into Springfield Ooh, until right. after Mark Maggie's birth. So more discontinuity. There's so oh, many no. continuity errors in this episode. Uh, but yes, then Homer stumbles upon the baby shower on a particularly windy day. Baby shower. Baby shower. You know I haven't told Homer yet, and he'll be home any minute. Oh really? Hey, wait a minute. What are all these presents? It looks like you're showering Marge with gifts. (laughs) With little tiny baby-sized gifts. Well, I'll be in the tub. (laughs) By the way, congratulations on your new job, Homer. New job? Marge is pregnant? No! (laughs) 
great reaction. By yes, Dan it was beautiful, and that's when I noticed him pulling out his third hair. You can too. really hear like, it in the foley. It sounds yeah. painful. Yeah, but that hearing only being complimented about his job is yes. is when it, it all clicks together. For all him. of the Marge's pregnant compliments were taken to be, "Oh, you're talking about my job," and the job compliment was like Marge's pregnant. It was a nice yes. reversal of that uh, logic. And the windy as hell out there line too is another great misdirect of like, "Oh, Homer burst." Oh no, he doesn't. Marge can't close the door she almost does i was like whoa hey i'm here all right time to get in this hair all right all right let's talk about the hair (laughs) this is major major discontinuity and it made me so angry as a kid watching it i still don't like it now i will say this is a funny joke it is funny i'm not saying it's not funny but i hate how in this episode that is about T- the old continuity it disrupts the continuity from previous yes. flashbacks so with the bart pregnancy uh, it's told to margin homer in dr hibbert's office he has the afro and he, they get so you've ruined your life pamphlet yes yeah and homer and, and they haven't bought the new house yet no they, they, yeah so one these flashbacks uh, they're told at different times marge finds out from dr hibbert and then marge with lisa finds out from doc uh, finds out separate from homer and then tells homer in the bathroom of their apartment in neither time are they in the house that they only buy because lisa is being born two nah. homer was relatively fine with finding out about marge's pregnancies in both of those scenes he did not go crazy he did not lose it at them and then also, Homer, in all those episodes, his hairline stays at the same level. He does not change his hairline. In Lisa, in Lisa's first word, he is not down to his three hairs again. He is at the same hairline that he is when he starts ripping out his hair. I just, I don't Four, like... it was <laughs> army experiments. Yeah, he, That's true. There's a million exam- reasons for Giddiness, how he lost like his hair. Loss of equilibrium. <laughs> but... But this one drives me, this one really bugs me, because it just, this is an episode about history. Let, let's listen to the scene. It's a great joke, though. Wow, Dad, you really threw a tantrum like a little sissy girl? Oh, just that one time. Actually, when I was about to have Bart. <gasps> You're pregnant! <laughs> and then when I told him about Lisa. You're pregnant again? <laughs> I agree. It's Dan Castellaneta does a great job of freaking out his home. It's great, yeah. I mean, the continuity is bad, but I just like the joke. Uh, there's a lot of rule of threes in The Simpsons, and I like how it escalates. Yeah, I do, I do like that. And it shows, it at least also pays off the three hairs he's had the entire scene, uh, the entire episode to this point. But uh, then, then the family decides to take a commercial break. I love this. Hey, where are you going? Dad, you can't expect a person to sit for 30 minutes straight. I'm going to get a snack and maybe go to the bathroom. I'll stay here, but I'm going to think about products I might like to purchase. (laughs) Oh. Mm. Oh. I don't have that. God, that's messed up. (laughs) They're they're so trained by TV, they can't sit through a regular story without taking their own commercial breaks. Well, it was a reference to kids having literally no attention span and True. so they got worse and then meanwhile marge is like she's thinking about commercials yeah, yeah. that's how trained she is uh then we come back with a great homer's they was the opening sound but homer's head exploding because bart's telling the story that was another like gasp moment in first viewing like what the, the this episode has some of the greatest like misdirects in the in the merkin years i'd say i i uh, that bart is telling the story 
reveals it, and then that Homer's butt inflating too, and when he's telling the story, right? He was he was great. a little fatter than yes, when he's yeah. letting on. Yeah, and, uh, but then uh, Homer thinks about like maybe he could get a raise. You've worked hard at the bowling alley. Why don't you ask for a raise? Yeah, a raise. I've never been good enough at any job to deserve one before, but I'm damn good at this one. That's it. I'm gonna march right up to Al and say, Steve. I mean, Al. I think I deserve a raise. Uh, you're a hard worker, and I'd like to give you a raise, but the alley just ain't doing enough business to pay that kind of money. How about if I triple the business? Then could I get a raise? Well, yeah, but I, uh-uh. I just the touching of the lip is just so cute. That, and I, I like uh, you know Homer's got confidence now. You know, unlike as we talked about in Homer the Great about him losing confidence from being told he's garbage his whole life, like he's finally feels confident by doing a good job and in in faith in his job and he hits the books he goes from advanced marketing to beginning marketing to looking up what marketing means (laughs) it's a really long setup that almost bored me but the payoff is what i think is the line of the the show yes it is that's the joke of course That's what really happened. Oh. My marketing plan (laughs) attracted a record number of police and fire officials, but few stayed to bowl. I failed. Homer quits. He's not fired by Al. He quits. Yeah. He was good at it. He needs a new job, so he has to quit. Yeah. Again, Homer should have applied for at the nuclear plant first before quitting. (laughs) But just, God damn it, Homer... It's some of my favorite gifts I've seen of The Simpsons of just Homer going, bowling, get your boy here. Just the shotgun exploding. It's a little too soon for me, frankly. Uh, (laughs) Ah, damn it. Well, look, every... there will always be a massacre to make these gunplay jokes un- unfunny. Yeah. How do you like this, Bob? Uh, your montage of getting a gun is scored by Tom Petty. Oh. Let's make it real. To <laughs> we'll get to that in a few years. Yes, <laughs> though the, it was... I saw people point out that the Simpsons' gun control episode had Tom Petty in it on the same day. So we give up on gun control, we give up on Tom Petty. Got it. Did you know that if you shoot the gun in the air, the bullet will come back down? Uh Uh-huh. Because that's what happened to somebody at a baseball game. They were sitting and watching the game, and they just got hit by a bullet and died because somebody had shot Well, if it's buckshot, a lot of things come down, which I think is what Homer's firing in the air. It's true. It's not fireworks, folks. It's a projectile that has to eventually come back down and that it is crazy that oh, they even recognize that the police and fire department would come but homer's not in jail like they just seem to no i mean wiggum is the type would just be like he's oh, a white guy with a gun guy. he wouldn't yeah. be in true. jail That's and true. the people at the bowling alley are okay with it they're not like what did you do homer <laughs> nobody no point in the bowling alley was like why homer they, why they give him a jacket and everything <laughs> it's true yes uh he was, I, he was such a good pin monkey though i i do well they don't even want... I'll tell you it'll help Al's business. Stop pushing away the young people. Like they, yes. They're happy Homer kept the young people away. Uh, but then we get to meet little Joey, which I, I love Joey. He's dead now. This was the happiest time of my life. I'll never forget you guys. Especially you, Joey. See you around, Mr. Homer. Don't worry, Joey. <laughs> we'll make it to California someday. Sure we will, Mr. Homer. Sure we will. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be sad around here without you, Homer. Yeah. Oh, this is Boy, this is the 
depressing. Hey, I know what would cheer us up. Bowling! <laughs> Little Joey died of tuberculosis. Uh-huh. It's it's a great gag in the Oh Hello on Broadway show that they talk about all these tropes that are in Broadway uh, productions. But if you have a handkerchief that's just for collecting the blood you cough up, yeah. you're going to die soon. Like that's 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 what they're showing with Joey. I just love that. Yeah, get the show we will, Mr. Homer. Show we will. Like the shoeshine boy yeah. is such a stock character. I love that. Later so, they would come back, this I, this joke would come back in Patches and Poor Violet, the two right, uh, other urchins. Yeah. Poor Violet? Uh. <laughs> I was thinking about the meaning that Homer really gets out of this job, and I was like, man, it's such such a menial job at the end of the day. I mean, he's changing out urinal cakes and washing things, but... I suppose, like, going back to... I used to work for a convenience store when I was in high school, and I suppose there was a certain camaraderie there. And I got to be friends with everybody, and I knew the regular customers. Like, I knew the ladies who were coming in to buy lottery tickets and everything. So, and in a way, like... Even though the work was boring at the Mm. end of the day, like, I I still look back on that pretty fondly. I mean, uh, you know, I... I hear, I kind of miss when I had a cashier job and knew where every video was, where every DVD case was in the video store I worked at. And I took kind of pride in that of just like, if somebody asked, where's movie X, I could close my eyes, sorry, I could close my eyes and walk to it and grab it off the shelf for them. And it was, it was a, I, I missed doing that. I also miss having a job that. I could just listen to podcasts all the time that while doing it. That was super simple, but, right? I yeah, was not being too. in control of every step of my destiny. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Just relax I, and do some menial shit. It sucks not having a manager just to be mad at. It's, mm-hmm. that, but uh, here's a conspiracy theory of mine on the production of this mm. episode. I think that originally they had planned for a music cue for Homer's long walk to uh, back to the plant more than just the kind of average one they have in there. And I think they added in those bowling jokes of everybody celebrating their bowling after Homer leaves. I think before, it might have had like a licensed song over it for Homer going it could there. Be. It, it could be. It just feels a little after the fact of like, of having the ADR line. It felt ADR-y of kind of the, what are we do now? Oh, bowling! That always cheers us up. Like It's funny, but it is funny. I, I wonder if it's ADR. Did we get a good acid rain joke. Are we, are we still concerned about acid rain? It was a big thing I, in the uh, early 90s. Yeah, dude. It was a huge, and not only have I never seen it, I don't know anybody who's ever experienced acid it. Acid rain is still very much a thing. Is it? Mm-hmm. Where? Yeah. I mean, I mean, we're already drowning here, in but... real rain, but <laughs> yes, a regular rain's rain. bad enough. No, I, I guess, yeah, it's one of those things you hear about with climate change that we don't eat, we don't see the worst of it now because we're in a first world country. Third world countries are oh, suffering yeah, for, for sure. all That's these exactly things. That's exactly what it more. is. We threw Especially them all under like the bus. Brazil, I believe, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I take Homer's approach of saying, like, no, remember all this. It's <laughs> just like that rainforest <laughs> thing. They, 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 the guys fixed it. No, Dad, I don't think there's that word again. So Homer has no choice but to reapply at the plant, uh, crawling through the supplicant door, not Wait, the applicant door. Is that a real word? Supplicant, yeah. It's yeah. a reapplicant. Yeah, to supplicate is to uh, you know prostate yourself yes. for someone. Prostate myself to crawl prostrate. up to them and beg. Not prostate. I'm sorry. Prostrate. I, of all the things I've researched, I couldn't look up a fucking word. Yeah. <laughs> well, then we get to see Burns's uh, rarely seen secretary. Who, yeah. That, that, or I guess maybe she's just the front desk person. She's not Burns's personal secretary because that would be redundant with smithers yeah Yeah. i just want to point out that i mean homer is lucky that he even has the opportunity Mm -hmm. to go back he literally burned the bridge 
Yeah, he should really not be taken back. He's lucky that Burns would rather make him suffer than re- than replace him. I think making it through that chute is a is a harrowing journey. If you make yeah. it to the other end, he's like coughing and covered in dirt. I mean, uh, it's, it's like Metal Gear Solid Four up in here. Uh, right? Don't remind me. Don't remind if me. If this were 2017, he would have already been replaced, and he probably would have been replaced by somebody just out of college who's yeah. making no even less money than Homer was. They would laugh at the very idea of you thinking you could get a new job. No, I think actually they would wait for three other people to lose their jobs and replace them all with one. That is yeah, a 2017 yeah. motto. That's more of it. <laughs> anyway, though, this is Homer getting his job back. Yes? Are you a new applicant? Actually, I quit and I came to get my job back. Through there. <laughs> so, come crawling back, eh? Seems like the classy thing to do would be not to call attention to it. Thanks for giving me my old job back. I'm afraid it's not that simple. As punishment for your desertion, it's company policy to give you the plague. Uh, sir, that's the plaque. Ah, yes, <laughs> a special demotivational plaque to break what's left of your spirit. Because, you see, you're here forever. Don't forget, you're here forever. Burns has to say it out loud. Yeah. So, uh, a- a- animation junkies... It. When Burns says plague, look at Smithers. His hair is off model in that one shot. Interesting, weird. But I think it's also established before this episode that there's sort of like a clear window in front of Homer. Is yeah, that correct? Not, not a blank wall. He's been watching. Well, I know when the plant was going through a meltdown, orange light was going through there. Right. right? And it shuts down over, like, the metal things go down over it. So, it yeah. sucked to have a, a desk facing a wall. It seems pretty depressing. Well, they yes. clearly introduced, a, uh, put in a window at some point, mm-hmm. removed the or moved the plaque. Yes, mm. I, the Mr. Burns with his hands in the plaque might be one of my favorite just stills in animation. <laughs> it's become a he meme. So yes. happy, he's so proud of that plaque, and that he's that he has to, a special demotivational plaque, and that he. I also like that Burns says, "Oh, it's one of the company guidelines." Like you made it, like it's your. <laughs> but you can the way he delivers it and the way he's animated is kind of leaning in going the yes. plague <laughs> yeah, the plague the poison dome didn't work the plague didn't work he just wants to kill his employees that's all he wants yeah i it seems that burns just wants to kill his employees all day long and smithers has to constantly remind him like no we, we don't kill them sir <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh reportedly it was george meyer who came up with the clever word puzzle that would revert like that could be anything on that demotivation yeah. plaque, but it has to be what ends up as do it for her. It's kind of a mad Folden style joke where mm. you're sort of, you know, eliminating letters to build a different message out of an established phrase. Yes, yeah. And then uh, then Maggie has a right. Well, I love that Homer pretends he'll be valiant for like uh, two <laughs> seconds. He's like, I just can't keep it anymore. I'm unhappy. It's so horrible. Like, But it's true. Like every moment of his life has been worth since finding out he's having a baby. Like. I know it's hard to say when it's Maggie, but it's like, maybe it didn't need to have this kid. Yeah, he's not very enthused uh, during her birth. Yes. It's wonderful. It's magical. Oh, boy. Here it comes. Another mouth. One more push should do it. Marvelous. Congratulations, Mr. Simpson. You have a beautiful, healthy baby. Okay. Homie, I think someone is saying hello. Hello. Oh, it's a boy. And what a boy! Uh, 
That's the umbilical cord. It's a girl. So Homer and Marge embrace and start kissing, and Maggie pulls a pacifier out of thin air mm-hmm. to establish that part of her character. It does show that Maggie is quite resourceful and smart from the beginning, but then again, Bart did light Homer's uh, tie, tie on yeah. fire when he was first born. So Simpsons kids seem to be pretty uh, smart from the beginning. Actually, Ma- Lisa is one of the least smart at birth. Like, as in a Jeez, newborn. What's your problem, Lisa? Yeah, get with it, Lisa. Not using tools immediately out of the womb? <laughs> Typical middle child. <laughs> they make fun of it on the commentary, even. that Merkin says, like, that's right. Kids who suck pacifiers, it's because they want to kiss. Like, mm-hmm. that's why. It doesn't doesn't really make sense. Also, we find out Captain McAllister is a father. It's the catch of the day. <laughs> I think they threw that baby into the sea afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> then we're just straight to the ending. And this is one of the times where... Merkin obviously hates a treacly ending. He wants, he always cuts through it. He always has a joke at the end of it, but not this time. And I think it is because they definitely earn it, I mm-hmm. think, yeah. So you loved her right from the start. <laughs> Absolutely. And why no pictures? Oh, there are pictures. I keep them where I need the most cheering up. Oh. Yeah, I, te- I keep meaning to hang up the picture uh-huh. I got for Brett of Ernest in the grandma with a neck brace thing and put do it for her right <laughs> over the podcast area. It's, 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 it's a tradition for the clip show, not the clip shows, the flashback shows to have a sweet ending at oh, the yeah. end. That's true. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there was never a cynical ending in any of these flashback Dude, episodes. any flashback episode. Yeah. Any flashback episode about a family ends, ends heartfelt. It's true. I guess they want to make it that your family memories are worth it, and not, and they make you happy ultimately, not sad. Mm-hmm. But especially because uh, I think Maggie is the uh, the child Homer like interacts with the least. Yeah. He often mm-hmm. forgets her name and that she exists. So uh, was she ever done for anybody? I was going to say that that's kind of what bugs me. Is okay. I loved the ending. It like I was almost getting a little teary watching it. But at the same time, like Homer like often forgets her name and. Ba- barely acknowledges that she exists and often forgets he even has another kid. So he says the dog doesn't count as it a doesn't. Kid. Right. It doesn't quite ring true for me, I suppose. And you just have to kind of go, all right, it's just one episode, and The Simpsons is very much an episode by episode kind of thing, and characterizations can change wildly. But mm-hmm. yeah, but I, I do love all those Maggie drawings, mm. uh, or the art of her and all the photographs are great. It's all very adorable. I, I think yes. my favorite is her in front of Bart, like that they were taking a photo of Bart, and then she kind of photobombed the photo. I I like that, but it's yeah it's a, it's a real cute ending and do in it for her in this episode alone he almost sits on her yeah, it's yeah. True. he always <laughs> forgets about her and, but you'd have to assume once she starts talking and, and would be growing up Homer would pay more attention to her but she no, never will Homer's so. a terrible father there's yeah. one thing I want to point out because people will yell at us if we missed it in the scene on the couch where Marge is explaining to Homer that she's pregnant there is a full body photo of Maggie in the background so that's definitely Maggie mm. they definitely screwed that up they there's... misused the wrong background they yeah. used a modern background not the flashback mm. background. but I, I suppose that like I mean a key line about Homer like he's uh, was it half-assing being a good dad when mm-hmm. and they prefer him to just go the f away like yeah. he usually Too much does of his love is scary as yeah. lisa says that is your typical homer and every once in a while they'll go uh we should make homer less of a monster yeah. and actually give him an episode where he's less of, a little bit Let less him of a love monster. his children he can love his kids in this episode <laughs> uh yeah i 
This is a really good flashback episode, but I mm. do prefer the births of Bart and Lisa as episodes. I think they get a lot more. We had no clips to play off YouTube because there were no direct references. But yeah. that's the only thing I would slight this episode for, but it's still really good without, I don't want to say pandering, mm-hmm. but uh, nostalgic throwback stuff. Yeah. No, no, I mean, all those callbacks are, they're easy. They're easier than emotional Ship, stories. Which for sale. <laughs> I mean, the <laughs> Simpsons kidding. were better than anything else in that they went for the very specific references, not yeah. just like a vague 80s-ish, like that, like that 90s show would do. Just like, all the 90s are up for sale. They like, yeah. no, 1980 and 1984, these are the only references we're doing in these episodes. I was, all, I'm, I'm very partial to that time period, and I, I love episodes set in that time period so i adore lisa's first word it's one of my favorites yeah. especially because i was born in was 1983 born. Yeah, so it's like yeah oh no, man this is when i was born too i can totally identify with it but this one works because it's not overwhelmed by the references and it tells a really sharp story and i mean of course it has night boat <laughs> i mean yeah, come on a story i can relate to a little more than any other i, I was never in homer and marge's situation in either mm. of the flashbacks but this one, I I understand. Mm-hmm. I understand a little more. Wanting to get your dream job, being able to tell your boss to fuck off. Holy shit. We've all felt that. And then having life intervene. And then and then the other dumb factoid I have. I've talked endlessly about how when The Simpsons started, I was Bart's age. And now I'm Homer's age. It's really depressing. Maggie's official birth date is May 12th, 1986. I'm going to guess at least half of Ooh. you. Half of you listening are older, like, are older than Maggie. At this point, Maggie, right? Maggie, yeah. Maggie's older than my sister. Yeah, <laughs> my yeah, Maggie, sister's almost thirty. Maggie is thirty years. Wow. Maggie is over thirty. The Oof, baby, man, thirty-year-old baby, which is what uh, my girlfriend calls me. <laughs> <laughs> I remember on commentaries they pointed out that they have, they have when they freaked out when they hired a person on staff who was younger than Bart was, who was born after wow. 1980. But now to put it as Maggie even is over 30. It's like, damn. Yep. We're all going to die. Everybody. Thanks for listening though. <laughs> I have been your host for this one, Bob Mackie. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. My other podcast is Retronauts. Every Monday at Retronauts.com or look for Retronauts in your podcast machine. It's a classic gaming podcast. If you want to get into it, I recommend you find a subject you like related to classic gaming and you look up our corresponding episode because i guarantee you we've probably done it if not you're out of luck buddy but please check us out at retronauts.com anybody else jump in hi i'm cat bailey and you should go check out usgamer.net which is my site about video games and if you enjoy my podcasting well you should check out acts of the blood god which is like talking simpsons for rpgs um we talk about right now we're in the middle of a big deep dive into final fantasy 9 episode by episode we also did persona 4 golden at a different point so go subscribe to that and of course i'm at on the Twitter at the underscore catbot. I'm H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. You can follow me there for all the updates on The Simpsons. And obviously, if you are listening to this with ads in it, did you know you could hear it with not ads and a week early? That's on Patreon, buddy. Go to patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. And for $5, starting at $5 a month, you will get access to every episode a week early, ad free, every episode of the Simpsons first season that's exclusively on there. Every episode of Talking Critic, where we go through every episode of The Critic, every, uh, one by one with Diana Goodman and Michael Raparez. Our monthly community chats are 
ten dollar and up people also get access to several videos we specially did and much more to come after that so please think about supporting us it is how bob and i pay the rent and it's a damn bargain chris yeah and think about listening to some of the other shows in laser time network laser time i'm not going to let this go we did a show about the most famous farts can you guess them just from this the sound and smell of the fart yeah, we learned how to make a podcast smell. 30, 20, 10, your weekly look back 30, 20, and 10 years ago. And Video Game Apocalypse, the weekly video game show. We also have a bonus show uh, on our Patreon, patreon.com slash lasertime, where we give you a ton of full-length commentaries, cartoon commentaries. We're going to slowly walk you through Clerks, the Clerks, the animated series. Uh, we got one episode up there. But this month, uh, join Lizzie and I for a look at Freddy's Nightmares, uh, the anthology show from the... <laughs> oh. But it, it has official Robert England starring Freddy Origins. Yeah. That is contained only in that show. It's a 40-minute episode, full-length He's video. an actual full episode. He is, yeah. and it's... And it's doesn't make any sense and no, it's, it's not you'll want to watch it with friends is all I'm saying <laughs> but uh, patreon.com slash laser time commentaries and more and an Elm Street nightmare all this all this month assuming this is still October thank you so much for listening we'll be back next week with Bart's Comet we'll see you then infotainment.